Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from that gospel of Luke, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, here we are at the beginning of a new year, and you've probably never started a new year like this before in regards to your church home. With worship being online and not in person, not being able to gather together in this sanctuary to see fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, to to come to the altar on a regular basis and receive the body and blood of Christ, to see families gathered around this baptismal font and welcome the newest members of God's family. I mean, there is so much that is different about the start of this year. But it's really not that huge of a change from these last number of months. And so for all of you who are watching in your respective homes, whether it's live Sunday morning or you're watching it later today or later in the week, thank you for joining us. I know that it isn't easy for many of you, whether you are at home trying to watch it while your kids are running around, whether you just don't feel the same standing in your house by yourself, reading the responses, singing along alone, or because you miss the feeling of these very comfortable pews. There are so many things that that aren't easy or ideal about this that makes it hard to be faithful. And that's the word for today. Faithful. The struggle since this pandemic has started is being faithful. Being faithful to worship when worship isn't normal. Being faithful to the word of God when We're getting it in a different form. Being faithful to God when it's not easy to be faithful. Because it's easy to not be faithful when you're really not, nobody else is is really watching you in your own household. It's it's easy to, to not do the things you normally would have done. Because no one else is going to know. And if there is anything that Satan has been doing during this pandemic, he's been trying to take you away from being faithful. Trying to show you that you don't need the church, the, the actual physical aspect of worship. Think of how easy his temptations are. Well, you can worship from the comfort of your own home. But if you don't, well, no one will know. So you can skip a week, or two, or ten. It doesn't matter because you can always watch it later. But you don't really need to watch it later, do you? Because you're good. You know that you're strong in your faith. Well, and if you do watch it later, well, you can always just skip the parts you don't like and and just pick out the best parts, right? You can tune everything else out that you don't want. But what are those best parts that you might be picking? What are you actually watching? I don't know because I'm not the one who's watching at home. 
Here's an example. If you saw in our most recent newsletter, the Christmas Eve candlelight service received 448 views. 319 of those views were from YouTube. Now, YouTube can give us analytics, and the average view duration, which is the average amount of time people watched for, in this 55-minute candlelight service for Christmas Eve, the average view duration was just over 16 minutes, or 30% of the service. So while we can be happy that 448 households clicked on the link and did watch some of it, it means that for as many of you who are sitting there thinking, well, I watched the whole thing, there are even more people that didn't watch for very long. Or they skipped to the things they only wanted to see. But I have no idea what those things are. And we can also talk about ourselves. How different is that than being in person? Because we know that Satan is tempting you all the time to not be faithful at home or in person. If you were present here, he wouldn't want you to pay any attention. He'd want you to tune out God's word. He'd want you to, to close your eyes and have a little rest. Or to, to check your email or text messages. Or whatever else might be considered a distraction away from God and his word. And being with the body of Christ, being with fellow believers. And whether at home or in person, you don't need to attend church every Sunday. I mean, no one does that anymore anyway. And you also need to understand that pastors are not immune from Satan's temptations. In fact, we're probably attacked more. Because if Satan can cause us to stumble and fall, show us to be not faithful to our calling, to be distracted, to not act as servants of Christ, he's hoping that will then trickle down to the rest of the body of Christ, to the rest of God's people, that you will stumble and fall as well. Not be faithful to God's calling in your life, to be faithless. And that you will think that sin and sinning is not that big of a deal. That worshiping is not a big deal. That reading God's word is not a big deal. That being fed is not a big deal. And that you definitely don't need the Lord's Supper during this pandemic because the forgiveness of sins, the strengthening of your faith, it's not a big deal. Now, I don't know if you felt any of this at all, but you're all tempted in some way to not be faithful, to think of sin as not being a big deal. But sin is a big deal. I mean, we just celebrated Christmas, the birth of Christ, and the reason that Jesus came is because of sin. Because sin is a big deal, and Jesus took sin seriously. Otherwise, he wouldn't have needed to come. That's because the punishment for our sin, for each and every one of us who are sinners, which is all of us, the punishment is death. Physical death, yes, which entered the world because of the sin of our first parents, Adam and Eve. 
and also eternal death. Hell, which all of us deserve because of our sin, forever being separated from the love and grace of God. Physical death, eternal death, that's what we deserve. And that's a big deal. And Christ came that first Christmas because he didn't want any of us to experience eternal separation from him and his love. He came that first Christmas because of love and because of sin. And there is no greater act of love and faithfulness than Christ's death on the cross. Christ was faithful to God's calling to him as both true man and true God to overcome sin and temptation and to be the perfect sacrifice for the sins of the entire world, for your sins and mine, because sin is a big deal. And Christ won the victory for us on the cross, and his resurrection from the dead proves that he has conquered sin, death, and the devil. And his promise to us is eternal life, not eternal death. For all who believe in him, all those who are faithful to him, and he has given us his Holy Spirit to create faith in us, to believe in him and to keep us faithful. That doesn't mean it's easy, though. And as you've already heard, the temptation is to not be faithful for you and for your entire household. So let's take a look at another household. Because today, I want you to see one of the most important figures of faithfulness in the New Testament, if not the entire Bible. And hopefully it gives you some encouragement. And it's someone who gets no mention outside of the Gospels, typically gets no recognition or commendation for their actions, and is usually just an afterthought in any story they're found in which isn't very many. That someone is also someone who has zero recorded speaking parts in the Bible as well. And if you haven't figured it out yet, that someone is Joseph, Mary's husband, and Jesus' earthly legal father, but not his real father. Now, we don't often talk too much about Joseph because just being faithful isn't glamorous. Joseph didn't give birth to Jesus. He wasn't keeping watch over his flocks at night when a heavenly chorus of angels appeared to him. He didn't see a star and follow it and come and find the Christ child. But he was present in all of those stories. At Jesus' birth, when the shepherds visited, and later when the wise men brought gifts, I mean, think about Joseph's journey. He hears that Mary's pregnant, was going to divorce her quietly because he was a just man and he cared for her. And then he's visited by an angel who tells him that this is the Son of God. And after he wakes from his dream, he remains faithful to Mary, takes her as his wife, and is there with Mary in Bethlehem as she delivers the Christ child. And he welcomes Jesus as his son. Then when the family's life is in danger from Herod, he is visited by an angel again and takes the family to Egypt 
to remain there until it's safe. Then after Herod's death, he is visited by an angel and brings Jesus back from Egypt to Israel, to Nazareth. And then as you see in the gospel reading for today, Joseph was a faithful Jew, taking his family to Jerusalem every year for the Passover feast. And then as his earthly, dedicated father, Joseph teaches Jesus the family business, carpentry. And so Jesus grew up as the carpenter's son and then was known as a carpenter as well. Joseph was given a role he didn't ask for. And even though Mary gets all the speaking parts, Joseph is that husband sitting on the sidelines in the background, raising Jesus as his own child, no matter how hard it may have been. It wasn't ideal for him, but we don't hear him complaining. We don't hear him asking for God to to send someone else, to use someone else like Moses did. Or while waiting for God's promise to be fulfilled, to use another woman like Abraham chose to do. Or to take a break from being in the presence of God like we might want to sometimes. Since with Jesus as his son, he was in the presence of God all the time. The point is, without ever saying a word, we can read in the scriptures that amidst all of the challenges they faced, Joseph was a faithful husband, father, and follower of God. I'm not saying Joseph was perfect. I'm saying Joseph was faithful. And we don't even know what happens to Joseph. We only assume that by the time Jesus is nailed to the cross that that he has passed away because Jesus gives his mother Mary over to the disciple John to care for her. Jesus probably wouldn't need to do that if Mary's husband was still alive. And when we look at the life of Joseph and his faithfulness, that doesn't make Joseph any more special than Mary and any more different than you or me. He was a sinner, and he too needed Jesus. He needed Jesus to be born in order to save him from his sins. And that's exactly what Jesus did. For Mary, for Joseph, for you, and for me. And as I was going through these readings today, I I thought it was interesting that you can take the Old Testament reading, which is about David and his son Solomon, and just change out the people and And I think it would speak true of Jesus speaking to God about Joseph. So with those changes, listen to this. And Jesus said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant Joseph, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on your throne this day. Being faithful isn't glamorous. Just see Joseph as that example. You're not going to be winning any awards for best church attendance. You won't see your face on the cover of any magazines as the greatest worshiper. Because faithfulness is ultimately a heart matter. And the only person who can truly know whether you're faithful or not is God. 
And his Holy Spirit is the one who has given you the gift of faith. And he will keep you faithful because he is faithful. And your reward for your faithfulness will be received in heaven. As the word of God in Revelation 2 says, Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Whatever this new year brings for you, whatever troubles, whatever trials, whatever temptations, whatever temptations to be faithless may come, be assured that Jesus Christ, the faithful one who saved you from your sins, who walks with you through it all, is always with you. And it is he who will give you, the faithful believer, the crown of life at his chosen time. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.